Welcome to the Property Management Mastermind Show with your host, Brad Larson. Brad owns one of the fastest growing property management companies in San Antonio, Texas. This podcast is for property managers by property managers. You'll hear from industry leading professionals on best practices, new ideas, success stories, and lessons learned. This is your opportunity to learn about the latest industry buzz surrounding property management, as well as tips and strategies to improve your business. Are you tired of chasing tenants to comply with having renter's insurance? Insurance Management Group can solve this problem with a master tenant's insurance policy. Keep tenants in compliance with your lease agreement and help protect all parties involved. A master tenant's insurance policy can also add an additional revenue stream to your business. Contact Derek Scott at 918-728-8992 or visit imgadvisors.com. To learn more, listen to the Property Management Mastermind Show podcast, episode number 36. Imagine a world where the phone doesn't ring, but tenant leads still get pre-qualified and scheduled. Where in-person showings get coordinated automatically in real time, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Where occupants and owners are automatically notified of showings and leasing reports. Or imagine, no one has to show your rentals and they get leased faster than ever, safely and securely. That's the world of Tenant Turner. Come learn more about our beautiful scheduling software and world-class customer support. Call us, 888-976-4638, or visit www.tenantturner.com. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Property Management Mastermind Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Larson. And today's guest, I have a special guest in studio right next to me, Bill Mazur from the CFO Mission. And by happenstance, we both wore gray shirts, however... I'm the better looking one, of course, and look at him. I mean, come on. So we're going to have a very good conversation no today. No branding. Uh, very good conversation today about the CFO mission, working with RentWorks, in addition to our EOS implementation that Bill has assisted us with. And so this is going to be a two and a half year run. Now, I'm going to give us a long intro, and I'm going to let Bill jump in. So uh, we started using Bill and the CFO mission two and a half years ago. And I, I went to Phil kind of, well, not kind of, out of 100% need because we were we were hurting pretty good. And so to dive into that story, before I get there, I'm going to let Phil introduce himself and kind of give us uh, who he is, what he does, just so you kind of get familiar. You might have heard some of the story before, but it's always good to hear it again, just to make sure you understand who he is. Uh, this is going to lead us into a good conversation about some real world stuff that's going on in RentWorks, along with some of the the changes that we have seen over the last two and a half years. So Phil, please introduce us. Awesome. So quick, quick background, a little bit different background this time. I want to talk more today about what I've been doing over the last couple of years since that first call uh, from Brad, literally to come down here as soon as I could. He said, fly down here as soon as you can. And we actually did a Facebook Live that day, I believe. So I've, I feel like I've probably got a lot more gray hair in the beard. Um, unfortunately, that stuff is recorded, which is not good for me. But no, property management uh, accounting is something I kind of fell into at a stage in my career about seven years ago now. And I just worked at some bigger companies in accounting and finance and slowly found my way into more of an entrepreneurial environment, which is what I was looking for. And what I did when I went to work for GK Houses, which is now Evernest, is set up their accounting from scratch. And using my prior knowledge, with bigger companies and knowing about more sophisticated accounting processes and things like that, and just putting that into property management specifically. So the CFO mission came about from just a, uh, a thought that I could do what I was passionate about, which is really the higher level accounting and finance stuff, more strategic stuff for a lot of companies. Because when I was doing it at Evernest, that work was really a part-time. And the day-to-day stuff was, was really taking all of my time. So I thought, well, I can set them up to have their own staff and processes, and I can focus on the bigger stuff. And so that's what I did. And I started doing that with, with management companies, and, and you were the first, really. And um, so when I came down here, I really had no business plan whatsoever. I just said, 
I've got some knowledge and skills. Let me see how I can help some people. And you had a need that day when we called. Well, that was a big part of what we want to chat about is the need. I mean, there's there's certain things that uh, I don't want to touch on too deep, but let's just say the need was there from uh, prior issues that had gone on with the company from bad accounting and bad leadership on my part. I'll be very frank with you. I don't want to sugarcoat it and say that it was somebody else's fault. It's always my fault. And that's what a, a good business owner will come down to. So anyway, however we got to that point, like bad leadership, bad hires, bad employees, whatever, we were at a certain level where we just weren't good. And so I went to Phil, I recognized that we needed some assistance from an outside source. And I looked into you know hiring a potential CFO, but they're very, very, very expensive and they're not necessarily in the industry. And so Phil has a comp, like a, basically a comp plan and or a uh, design of a virtual CFO, to paraphrase that, is that correct? Yeah, that's exactly right. Virtual CFO, fractional CFO is is a, the two terms that we generally use. So he, he brings the industry knowledge to the game. So he understands property management companies. He understands insider uh, numbers as far as inside of what's going on with, with certain things inside of a property management company. So we went to him and said, hey, we just, we just need somebody to come in and help us get on the right track. Now, this is before the NARPA accounting standards. And so this is this is sort of the reason why I'm so passionate about the NARPM accounting standard, which I went to NARPM and helped them create. I was the one that kind of bulldogged it to make it happen. And we hired a very good uh, consultancy to come in and create that. But it was because of my screw up at my own company that I recognized the need of putting something like this into place as far as, far as across the industry. What I want to talk about in this episode with Phil is we want to reflect of where we were two and a half years ago. And then systematically we've come to a very very good place in the business at this point and it's going to be a good conversation to say this is something that you can do too now you don't necessarily have to hire somebody to come in and do it but if you put the systems in place and the oversight in place it can improve your business systematically to get you to kind of where we are and i think we're in a good spot so maybe you have some historical numbers or historical information that you can kind of share to kind of to kind of give the people you know listening that are some perspective on where we work yeah, for sure. And I think if you're listening right now, what I want you, I'm going to try to pinpoint a few things that were going on in certain stages with, with RentWorks and myself so that you can ask yourself, you know, do I have any of this going on right now? And what can I do at this stage in the process? So it started with, we had met uh, a few months prior that year because you came up to Birmingham to visit mm-hmm. with us at Evernest and we just developed the relationship. But uh, when I just started, when I started my own thing, um, we were talking about just some other kind of business ideas, and then a situation happened. You you found something out, and basically that stemmed from you not having good data and not having good checks and balances in place. So that's what happened. So if you're listening and saying, if you don't have checks and balances in place, I won't even need to get into the specifics. If you don't know if you have them, then you don't have them. So just take that as note number one. But you call me down here, and the first thing we did was look at your trust accounts. Mm-hmm. And we we could have went to the corporate accounting, but we went to the trust accounts first because property management accounting is a function of your operation. So if you're doing accounting for any regular business, you've got corporate accounting. Property management has this unique piece of it's really part of your business because you're doing the accounting for your clients. So we had to make sure that the business was was going to be operating properly, that everything was in balance. And if there were issues, let's go back and fix them. So it was like going into surgery when I came down here and I didn't have any knowledge really because the person, some of the people were gone. Right. He was kind of picking up the pieces to be very frank is I contacted him in kind of a pinch and said, I need you to come help fix this right away uh, because of my poor choices or lack of oversight through several years of doing business. We were in a rapid growth phase, right? I'd be very uh, transparent there. So at some point, um, it was my lack of just kind of overall understanding of the business in itself that we were trying to grow, 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 grow. And next thing you know, you look back and say, whoa, we're not doing a very good job being money managers. And that's one of the things that we truly are as property management company is we're money managers first. And so he came in and first thing he looked at was a trust account. Then he went into the corporate accounting. And then we started to procedurally slowly dissect what was wrong and then started to fix piece by piece. Uh, Do you remember any of the numbers back then as far as like, you know, were were we running at a certain profit percent or whatever? Yeah, I I will say that it. 
I won't tell specific numbers, but there was some, there were some, th- first of all, on the property management side, some things that needed to be redone. And first, first you check it, right? I needed to check that, that literally these boxes were being checked, reconciliations were being done. And then I had to go back and check accuracy. And then in some instances, I had to redo. So there was some of that going on from a property management side. And then we got into, and again, there was definitely a lot of overlap. It wasn't mm-hmm. like I did all this in property management and then I finished that and moved on. Right. That's really not how it works because you have to ask questions and talk to other people. And so we pick up another project along the way. So even within that first day, we're literally just getting access to some of these systems. So from an accounting side, corporate accounting, I should say, mm-hmm. You have to go through some of the same stuff. You know, have you reconciled this? When was the last time you reconciled your bank account? And the reason is because I could get access to QuickBooks, but I have no idea if it's accurate. So typically when I walk into somebody's QuickBooks account, I look at profit. I'm a bottom line guy. They call it the bottom line for a reason. I go there first and I, I look for consistencies or inconsistencies. Typically there's inconsistencies. And then I go to the top line and try to figure out why. Typically, the inconsistencies are going to start with top line inconsistencies. And if you're in property management, I start to learn things like, what are your management fees? Because those are typically very similar every month. And then I can learn, do you have maintenance in here? And when I have to pick something like this apart, it's important because some companies are structured with multiple accounting systems. You know, I had to learn that. I was literally just getting to know you. This seems like, mm-hmm. uh, course, you would know that about me, Phil, but no, day one, I needed to know how your operation ran. So there's a lot of questions to be asked before I can even tell if the accounting is correct. So long story short, there was no profit figure because we didn't, we didn't have books that were closed that were accurate. So sometimes you even need to go back to prior year tax returns to try to justify what's currently in the accounting system. And that's very inherent with other property management companies is they they may be doing more sales and they may be doing more ways to generate revenue that supports the business owners and keeps them able to pay the staff. I mean, at some point during our growth, you know, I had to max out credit cards just to make payroll. And this is before Phil got involved, but, you know, that's how the things you have to do to kind of keep a business or, you know, going, you know, at, at this point, we're in a lot better place. What he also did that was really cool for us is he integrated the local CPAs. So we hired a, a, a firm, Badger and Badger, they're local San Antonio. Uh, they're a CPA firm that specializes in small businesses. And they came in in conjunction with Phil and put together some of the overall procedures. So they looked at the business, they, they created a quarterly type of an audit system. Uh, they integrated it with Phil, they worked together on the numbers. So you have CFO strategic oversight, and then you have the local CPA firm that we work with. They do a lot of the just checks and balances. I mean, they honestly come in and they do a quarterly audit. They check and make sure that we're online, check and make sure the employee benefits is in line with the expenses, just kind of check everything. And they bring in their independent people and do that. And that's, that's good to have as a business that gives me a lot of peace of mind to know that we're doing the right thing. But he integrated that. I mean, it's not just like, hey, you know, go hire somebody, turn it on and walk away. It's, it's more difficult than that. That's just, that's external to internal. Can, because what we hear, and you've heard this a lot, oh, my, my sister-in-law does the books. We're okay, right? And they just say, yeah, it's a, it's, my wife does the books. We're okay. Well, they make mistakes too, right? Just, just assume somebody may not necessarily be doing anything nefarious, but what they are probably are going to do, like every other human being, is make a mistake here and there. That's what a good oversight as part of the Northam Accounting Standards is, and part of what CFO mission is implementing into the companies it works with. In addition to, to go on, you can comment here, is the outsourcing of some of the procedures. So it doesn't have to do everything, you don't have to do everything in-house. You know, with somebody like Phil, they can come in and say, well, this function that you do with leasing, that can be outsourced very inexp- uh, uh, inexpensively to a third party somewhere else. It doesn't have to be your staff member in the office, nine to five at 15 bucks an hour or whatever the number is, doing this, this, and this. That can be outsourced to another place, virtual assistants, for example. So take it from there and some of the other stuff you did with the business. Yeah. So once we progressed into actually getting profitability figures, which we put the NARPM accounting standards in at the same time. So that was really that was really just part of the 
transition process. Then we get to what's called accrual-based accounting, making sure your monthly data is comparable to each other. So there's some, some things that happen there, making sure your expenses are in line in the proper month and so on and so forth. Smaller property management companies, not as much of an issue, but if I can't compare this month to last month and so on and so forth, I don't really know how I'm doing. So we got to that point, then we knew where we wanted to be, right? We knew what profit should be. And so we established some low hanging fruit and that's what you were alluding to before. It's like, oh my gosh, like, and I, me having the perspective of, oh, my employee expenses is out of whack or this system is being used, but not, not being used, but it's being paid for. So there were, there were some low hanging fruit operationally where we were able to, to um, improve the profit right away. And, I, and you did some significant changes. I mean, we, we talked about some uh, you know, changes to the way we were structuring jobs or paying people and things like that. So there's usually something glaring. And I say, if there's something glaring, go after it right away, get it done. Okay. Then there's the actual getting the accounting done piece. And with us, that was an issue too, because we had just basically lost somebody and we needed to hire. So we hired and then we hired again (laughs) because hiring is not easy and it's not going to be easy. And the other thing was, I'm glad Brad used me to, we actually, I actually did interviews with you uh, to to a certain extent. But how do you know who you need to hire? And that was something I was able to have input on as well. But so to be very, uh, to kind of elaborate more on, those, on that portion of the story is, you know, we had lost an accounting coordinator. We had to hire another accounting accounting coordinator very quickly. Found that person, Phil trained that person, but we also quickly determined, well, that person probably is not going to work out. So we had to kind of go back to the drawing board and hire another accounting coordinator. And I'm very glad to say it's Amy and Amy's still with us and she's phenomenal. And she's phenomenal because Phil has put Amy and another accounting coordinator, Lainey, into a very good position with uh, knowing the numbers, understanding how the procedures should work inside of everything from, from rent collection to paying owners, to paying invoices, to data collection, to archiving. I mean, to all those things that, that make up a very good accounting procedure. Because again, going back to this thing I said earlier, we're money managers from the very, very beginning. And so you have to understand that and get very good at managing money along with getting good at business development and getting good at operations, getting good at leasing and getting good at taking pictures and getting good at you know attending functions. I mean, there's just a thousand things we have to do as a property management company business owner. And once we were able to get accounting off of our uh, major pitfall, it, was the, it gave the business the ability to run better, which also helped us implement other things. And so if we're kind of sort of through talking through the accounting, maybe we should talk a little bit more about the EOS side. But, you know, I know you may have other comments about the accounting stuff. Keep going. Well, I think to the to the point of hiring somebody, um, a lot of times I work with with folks that, you know, you're a big size property manager. So you have accounting. It's not typical for somebody to have one or more than one employee in accounting. What is typical is one or less, meaning that one person is doing accounting and other things. And to what degree is usually based on the size of company. So, but remember, this was two and a half years ago. So this was my first experience. So I was like, okay, let's go hire this person. Well, what you didn't have that you needed me for was, what do I really need? I don't even have a a real job description. So if you just hire somebody with an accounting background, you know you need that, but when they walk into your office, how do you give them direction? Right. You know, so that was really the the missing piece there where we were allowed to bring in Amy and, and really set her up for success. So that's probably something that companies, anybody listening on this podcast, keep that in mind. You might be struggling or you're going through your second or third bookkeeper, or somebody you're afraid somebody's gonna leave, or you don't even know what this person's doing all the time. Like I promise you, they're busy. They're doing stuff, but just to get that kind of perspective, it really wasn't really wasn't here. So, get, go through all that. So we 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 get the property uh, property management trust accounts in good shape. We get the profitability numbers. We know what to do. 
we address some low hanging fruit from an actual, like, let's improve this business standpoint. And we've got a good employee who's now learning the accounting processes. So understand that all these things take time. Like you're not just good to go in three months. You can reconcile old bank accounts and get your get everything in balance. And yes, you're good. But the day-to-day accounting is still happening. So as we've got good processes, we start to smoke out more and more issues. And so that's something to be aware of too. It's like, you don't know what you don't know until you start doing it. So we had to address, there were some, there were some corrections on owner statements. There's some, there's some adjusted taxes. You're going to have to deal with all that stuff depending on your situation, but don't shoot the messenger, by the way, it's right. just, we just find it right. But going forward, you're in a much better place. You have good perspective on your numbers. Meaning if I look at your numbers, I've now trust them, right? I can, I can, make decisions based on them. So you were you were a little uh you were a little skeptical on EOS right away at the beginning. Well a little bit and here's here's part of the other number side is I mean let's talk before and after. So before we were doing mostly everything off of a spreadsheet, you know, uh we had a little bit of QuickBooks, but it was more along the lines of just tax reporting. The business really wasn't being run inside of QuickBooks like it should have been. And that was part of the reasons for some of the mistakes that happened is they just, just the books weren't good. You know, we implemented a system to where everything goes into QuickBooks now and everything has been reconciled and everything goes through the accountants and, you know, Phil has set up the systems. So a year and a half, two years, two and a half years later now, we see the result of that. And the result of that is good, solid accounting to where the numbers were super solid in 19, even better in 20. And then also that allows us to do the EOS annual strategic planning stuff that we do along with the quarterly is because we have good numbers to gauge from. You know, the, the term what gets measured gets managed. I mean, you don't know what to manage if you don't have a good measurement. So we had to establish a baseline. And as ugly as it was, it cost money to do this with Phil. It cost us money to, in, you know, turmoil with the staffing. It, it cost money to help to have the CPAs come in and also kind of a uh, perform triage. Most people don't have to get there. We needed to get there, right? He'll tell you we were on life support and we needed the infusion of blood from him and also the the CPA team all together to really get us on a better platform. But again, fast forward a couple of years, along with the EOS implementation, we're in a very good spot. The profitability is awesome. Staffing is is, is super awesome. Uh, I'm very happy with what we have on the staff. The operation-wise, we've just streamlined and made changes through the years based on decision points that come from numbers. Okay, here's a decision point example, and you'll, you'll echo this, is when you get to a certain percentage of staffing ratio, right? What's the term? Under 50%. You know, years ago, before the NARPA accounting standards was implemented, they did a whole big uh, survey at the broker owner conference. Tony Dross put this on, and the staffing numbers were through the roof. If you were south of 60%, you were doing good. Like if you brought in a dollar, 60 cents went out the door for paying your staff. And that number has slowly decreased over the years from remote team members, from pod models, team models, and just streamlining operations. So now we're we're closer to 35%, right? So we went from roughly 50%, 55% down to actually 35% roughly, which is verifiable. And I mean verifiable by good audited numbers. And that makes me feel really good. And that's and I only tell you that because it's a process to get there. I'm not trying to brag about it. I'm just telling you, we were shitty. Okay, pardon my French. We were not good. And then years later, after Phil's gotten a hand, his hands on the business and helped us reorganize and, and restructure it, we're in a very good place. And I wanted to illustrate at least one number in reality that we went from an ugly position of staffing to now we're at a very good position which again, increases profitability. So let's say we were at 10 or 15% profitability, you know, we're closer to 30, 35% now. So the profits have increased and the staffing has decreased and the way the business runs itself is, is really materialized. And that's part of the, the model of EOS. So having babbled all that, right? Now, maybe we can talk through the EOS. So to give you some backdrop here, Bill is also an EOS uh, I don't know if I want to call it implementer now because the OS has changed. They did a franchise model. I'll, I'll let him explain it. But we implemented that system and it's straight out of the book traction, straight out of the book, what the heck is the EOS? 
and it's been applied to property management as Phil can. So kind of take it from there with what EOS is and, and describe it better. Yeah, EOS, the book Traction, if you've read it, uh, that's exactly what it is. And you, you know what we're talking about here. But I became open to EOS through my last company that I was working at in property management. And I just fell in love with it because it just worked. It's just practical, especially for a small business. And so when I started my business consulting, I was just using those tools that I already learned. So I couldn't, I couldn't help but use them. And uh, just eventually one of my clients wanted to, wanted to do it and asked me to implement. And it just started from there. And, I, and, I, and I've done it with several since. So we started, I think, I think I started trying to get you on it maybe within the first year for sure. But here's the thing. When we talk about EOS, like, well, do I need to do EOS first or should I just address these issues that I have? Well, essentially with RentWorks, we identified some of that low-hanging fruit and we just went after it. And I think there's going to be some obvious things in your company that if you know about them right now, you should be working on them. And so just go work on them and we can go directly to those issues, which is what we did here. But then we kind of, we got things straightened out. So we, we got ourselves kind of afloat. Everything, we were feeling comfortable again. Um, and so it was like, okay, what are we going to do next? How are we going to get to the next level? So I would say we started out in this emergency triage situation. And so let's let's compare it to an athlete, right? If you were an athlete and you got injured, you would have to have surgery or something like that. But then you're really trying to get become an elite athlete and you're just going to go into like training and you're really going to work on your craft. And that's really what EOS was with us. It's like, there may not be any glaring things. I mean, we definitely knew you had some some things you wanted to work on, but nothing like really like emergency. We break the whole thing down. It's like starting from square one. How do we want to run this business? What are we trying to achieve? Why are we here? Why do we exist? What do we want to accomplish? How do we want to grow? We put all these things on the table with, with a team of leaders, right? The leaders who you've already deemed as the best people to run this company with me, Brad, in this situation. And you just look at it from a completely different perspective. So if you already had issues, which everybody does, if you already had these accounting issues though, per se, they would have gotten pulled out during the EOS process anyway, if you didn't know about them. I mean, if you would have started EOS prior to your bookkeeping issues, you probably would have found them before they got as bad as they were, but they still would have been issues. So you know, you can argue either way. Doesn't really matter to me because we do we do both, right? So if you if you need accounting help, we're there. If you need EOS help, we're there. So it's all good for us. Enterprise Bank and Trust, the bank you all formerly knew as Seacoast Commerce Bank, with the same team, the same benefits, and an expanded and improved product suite. Enterprise Bank & Trust specializes in trust accounts and business banking for property managers. One of their best features is a cash analysis program where they can assist in paying your property management related invoices. Contact Allison at 619-988-6708 to learn more. Now, one of the things I loved about it is it empowered the team. So it gave our key leaders an outline of how to run the business themselves without me, the business owner, being present, without me browbeating and attending every meeting and, and you know, being the overly uh, obnoxious business owner who's just like you know, the micromanager, right? That nobody wants to work for. And so what happens is we, we put the system into place. And so I guess what we need to kind of do is, is describe the system better. And so I'll try to give you my paraphrase and maybe you can beat it up, but it's, the EOS in itself is a is a series of meetings between weekly to monthly to quarterly to annually, and they're all broken down. Now, I would recommend an outsider to come in and implement this into your business. I was a do-it-yourself guy, just like anybody else is out there thinking, oh, I'll just do it myself. I'll just implement all this myself. Yeah, we stole a few parts of it, and then we implemented some of that into our business on our own but it's not the same. It's absolutely not the same. You need somebody to come in from an outsider's perspective, let the business owner sit back, let the key leaders sit back and go through the process with somebody else leading it. That's how you pull out the nuggets of knowledge 
the guidelines, the goals, the tidbits. That's how you pull it out. A business owner can't wear two hats and stand up there and say, we're all going to implement US. What do we want to do? You know, what do we want for our, our quarterly number? What do we want for this? What do we want for that? It just doesn't work. So I firmly believe, because I was fighting it, you know, he'll tell you, I was fighting it. I'm like, nah, we can just do it ourselves. We can do it ourselves. And once we pulled him in and had it do, had him implement this with us, we quickly learned that was worth it. That was totally worth it to bring him in and have him do this for us or with us because we pulled so much more out of it that it made it worthwhile and made us follow that. And so that was just a paraphrase of what it is. You know, what did I miss about it? Well, two, two main things. We want to talk about what EOS really means from a structure perspective, and then talk about really the role of an EOS implementer. So the role of an EOS implementer, first of all, because this is quicker, is, is really a facilitator. So think about me as a, as a teacher. You know, I know EOS in and out. I learn more every time I do it, but I'm, I do it all day, every day. And I even have it in my own business, but I've worked in a business that did it, who self-implemented, by the way. So I have that experience and you can be a good self-implementer. But when you're in a quarterly meeting, for example, an implementer does your quarterly and annual meetings. That's really all they do. I mean, there's more to it, but from an actual practical standpoint, think about being in that meeting and all my responsibility is to make sure that meeting is on track. It is following the process of the meeting and I'm making sure everybody on the leadership team is engaged. And it might not sound that that difficult until you add in the fact that what if it was Brad doing it? Okay. Brad's the visionary of the company. And a lot of times the owner is also the integrator, think CEO. So you've got all the ideas, you've got all the skills, the management skills, all the knowledge, yet you're still trying to keep this meeting on track by this process that you just read a book about and you're going to be good at that. I mean, that's a tough ask. And I've, you know, I'm, you know, there's a reason why there's hundreds of implementers out there. There's an implementer network. If you want to, if you want to find one in your local area, you can just go online and find one. But so anyway, that's that. But EOS is a, is a process. It's a business system. And I have heard people say, well, I do level 10 meetings. Level 10 meeting is the weekly meeting. And that's great. Level 10 meetings are awesome. But if you're just doing it in the context of having a department meeting, you're not getting the benefit because the whole idea of the level 10 meeting is to make sure that you're on track with what you established in your quarterly meeting. And the quarterly meeting is intended to make sure you're on track with what you set up in the annual meeting, which is set up to make sure you're on track with your three-year plan, which is on track with your 10-year plan, which is on track with your whole purpose and reason for, for being in life. So it all needs to match up. So the, I would say the biggest value that I provide as an implementer is to catch you in the act of getting off track. So I make sure more than anything that are you about to commit to something that is not who you are from a core value perspective or from a core focus and core purpose perspective? Because we take three days over the course of three months when we first start to really pull it all out of you. Like, what do you want to accomplish? And so every single day when you go to work, you're being pulled in other directions and you have all these distractions trying to tell you, hey, come over here and work on this and work on that and trying to get you to forget the stuff that you really care about. So that's, that's the role that the implementer serves is to bring you back and say, no, you know, you're not going to do that because you can't do everything, right? The thing that really impressed me when we first started to implement the EOS system is the time that he spent with us. And, and where I'm trying to go with this is the team leaders that, you know, I'm the team leader of it. I'm not a business owner or whatever. But Phil was able to pull out ideas out of the team that struck me as just tremendous leadership that's buried deep down inside them. And if you allow them the opportunity to let it out, it comes out in that scenario. It comes out when you do those types of events. And would you agree with me on that? Because they may have never had a chance to, to speak why they feel like the operation things would work so much better this way. Well, no one's ever asked them before, right? Well, He's given them, the EOS gives you the platform to pull that out of people on a consistent basis to where, all right, we can, we can find a better way to do this as a team, not just the business owner or somebody else telling them exactly what to do. And that creates buy-in to the business where they are emotionally and spiritually tied into it. 
to make it successful because it's their idea, it's their plan. And that, that's a big thing of what the EOS system does. Now, Phil is in town. Obviously, we're live in person today. He's doing our quarterly meeting. So three months ago, we did our in-person annual strategic planning meeting. And so maybe you want to touch base just a few things of what we typically accomplish in the annual strategic meeting, just so they get an idea of, in context, what your goals are for that. Go ahead with, with some of that. So, you know, quarterly and annual, there's not, it is what it is. During the annual meeting, we do pretty much a quarterly on day two. It's very similar in terms of what we do. But on day one, we do a few other exercises. So we always revisit what's called your VTO. And your VTO includes things like your core values, your purpose, your, your mission. It's like a mission statement. And we, we revisit your marketing strategy. The, the reason why is because we want to give people an opportunity to question things, like question big picture stuff. And also to point out, like, do we feel like we're getting off track of who we really are? So good point. Sorry to interrupt you there, but, you know, we redid our vision statement this year. So uh, I can't remember what the old one was, but I wanted it more simple. I wanted it to be on the break room. I wanted it to be up front. I wanted it, you know, published all over the office. And the vision statement we, we came up with was provide exceptional service, provide exceptional service. Am I correct? And so I like that because that gives everybody the intent of what we're doing. We're here to provide exceptional service for the owners, for the tenants, and even for the vendors. And of course, for the employees and the team, right? We're here to provide them good service as well. And so I think that says a lot of like, instead of some some sort of hokey like vision statement, we provide to do the best that we can and every endeavor in life, you know, just, just real squishy feely junk. We wanted it broken down into just a real simple, uh, almost like what we used to call the military commander's intent. And that was what we came up with. And, I, and I, I love it because we came up with something real simple that gives you a reminder of why you're in the business and what you're supposed to be doing that day. And so I, I interrupted him because I, I wanted to talk about that. And that's stuff that he will pull out or an implementer will pull out in the beginning and say, all right, let's, let's establish your vision. What is your vision? And make it simple, make it to where it can be easily understood by everybody who reads it. And it can be their guide every day in what they're doing. One thing an implementer can do for you, particularly if you stay with them for a, for a decent period of time, is they because they will get to know you. And I get to know uh, companies that I've done EOS with because I also do a lot of the financial and accounting stuff too. So it's not like I only see them every 90 days. But a good implementer is going to know when they can squeeze the schedule a little bit because there's an agenda and they have times on them, but we're, you know, we'd be careful not to give those times to the clients necessarily, because if I notice that your mission statement, your core focus is really not working for you, like I can pick up on that. And so if we need to take that extra time, I'm going to let you go there. And there's times where I have to say, okay, guys, we've, we've got it about where we're going to get it today. Cause I can, I can assess the room. That's another thing that, that we do. And we do it offsite. Yes. And we go offsite. That's a big thing. Uh, I really didn't believe in that at first. I'm like, well, we got a conference room right here. I'm just, no, you got to go offsite. There's just something magical about getting into a different environment. We go to a place with a giant board behind us for the, for the marker board. And it's, it's wall to wall. So we get up there and we write out ideas. We write out statements. And that truly helps because everybody can see what you're talking about. And so go find one of those places. We went to a local Regis office and the offsite thing is real. And other folks would say, well, go to someplace fun, like Evernest, you know, the Whitaker and, and Spencer, those guys were talking about going to, you know, resorts and they go play golf and cool stuff like that. But for the team that we have, I like the offsite. We're going to go there tomorrow all day, spend time in a Regis office and do the, the marker board behind us, talk about things and, and, and write it down. That turns into rocks, which is like a goal. And that turns into things that you're doing every quarter to move the company forward. And so my rock for this year, obviously this quarter, uh, I was looking at preferred tenant programs. So I'm still looking at that. And we're going to spend a lot of time tomorrow talking about that as a group, about uh, the preferred tenant program, the modifications potentially we might make, the improvements we can make, the ways to get better adoption, the ways to make it better, uh, all those things I'm going to talk about uh, with the team. And we're going to write out ideas from start to finish. 
And so it's not meant to be like, a, you know, do it task, like how do we do this as a group meeting, but that's going to be part of it in establishing the goals and then talking through some of the finer details while the group is there and how to get to that goal. Am, am I right with that? You're right. So during our annual meeting, we set the annual goal. So now that we're in, we're approaching second quarter, we are not going to set a new set of 12 month goals. We are going to continue pursuit of what are, what are this year's goals, which are now nine months away. What you'll find is that some annual goals are achievable right away. And some other goals piggyback on something else happening beforehand, or just a subset of many or smaller rocks, let's say. So rocks, rocks are basically our quarterly goals. So you might have to accomplish two rocks to build up to your one of your annual goals. So what I'm going to do tomorrow with the team is I'm going to make sure that our quarterly rocks are in alignment with our annual goals. So another good one is I, I like talking about stuff in context. So I use our company as the context to explain what EOS is. So one of the goals that I had for first quarter was to hire a new salesperson that does all of our inventory sales. And so that's a lot of steps. You know, it really is. It's not just like, hey, boom, you're hired. It's like you have to work up a job description, work up a compensation plan, advertise, interview, hire, train, implement. I mean, it's a, it's a 10, 12, 20 step process to do that. And we're able to do that. And so what I did is we had these big sticky notes, right? And I took a, a stamp that says completed. And I went stamp, 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 stamp. I stamped out completed all over it. And so I completed one of our big rocks for the first quarter was hiring a new salesperson to run the inventory listings. And so I'm just telling you that just again, to give you some perspective of what we did in that meeting. And there were some parts of that that I had to share. Like I can only do so much, but I had to actually delegate to certain folks to do a certain different things to make sure that one big goal was achieved. We were able to achieve it. And part of the US meeting tomorrow will be to review that. Okay, how did it go? What did you, what are your lessons learned? Is it going to work out? You know, is this something that we have to review on a regular basis? Those are things that will get flushed out in the meeting tomorrow. And it feels good when you get one of those things done, right? I mean, we also limit it. So we only want three to seven big corporate things because we realize EOS does a great job of putting basically boundaries in place to make sure that you can only handle so much. So three to seven is solid. It's 90 day period. So you, we don't need, we just need you focusing on this 90 day period. And when you have a, a meeting every week, your level 10 meeting, let's just focus on what our 90 day goals are and not what just came at me today in my email, right? Let's talk about what our one-year goals are and what 30 or three-month goals match up to that and just stay focused, stay focused, stay focused. Because I'm sure you have many distractions. Mm -hmm. You could have went, and, but if you didn't have this one specific goal and you're accountable, you know you're going to have to step into this meeting tomorrow and talk about, I did it yes or no. And if you say no, we're going to say why. And if you say, because I totally forgot about it or I wasn't paying attention, you're like, that's, that's not going to hold a lot of weight with the team. But if there's reasons, let's, sometimes we find that we got 90% there and it's really just a to-do. So we assess each one of these goals individually with a yes or no, because you do have to get it across the finish line. So we give you a percentage score, mm -hmm. but then we deep dive and say, okay, and we really give, uh, I call it just a feel-based score and say, but, but what did we really accomplish? Did we really move this company forward this quarter toward our one year? It might not show up in my percentage completion. However, these are all like to-dos that are going to be done in a week versus, oh, I totally dropped the ball or this other situation happened. Like right. during COVID last year, it was, that was one situation where, okay, some, some necessary changes needed to be made within a quarter. Like that happens, but that's rare. You know, yeah, it just happened to happen to us last year. One, one of the things I really like is when we do this GWC drill. So if we're discussing situations that happen with some of the team members, we go through the GWC, which is gets it, wants it, and has the capacity to do it. And we often do that in a voting style. So if we're talking about team member A, and we'll go around the room discussing whether team member A would be another fit as a different role or a promotion or, a, a, you know, something. 
and we're discussing team member A's role, we would go around the room and GWC, does that person get it? Does that person want it? And does that person have the capacity to do it? And so you get the opinion of, of everybody and you can create a chart. And if somebody you know, feels like they don't, then uh, there's some indications there that maybe that team member might not be the right fit for that role uh, or the company and, and it's all together. So I love that part of it because you also, you know, discover things about people that you didn't know. Like I might think this person, this team member A might be great and they can be solid, but everybody else says that team member A is not working out. And me as the, the business owner may not see that because there's certain percentage persona stuff that team members want to show off to their prospective bosses that you're never going to see in the, in the background. And so that's, I, I love that part of the EOS model. And what did I miss about it? Well, what you described is one of the tools of EOS. So EOS has 20 tools and GWC is one of them. The beauty of the tools is this is where you really make decision-making simple. So if I'm in a meeting or in, and, I'm, and I'm training people all the time, I'm training Brad, I'm training his team members how to handle their level 10 meetings when we're just talking about issues. But if you're talking about an employee issue, we don't let the discussion go on very long before we say, okay, let's do the GWC. Because it's, a, it's an objective look at it. They either meet it or they don't. And if they don't, then we, then we take it to the next level and say, hey, let's do something about it. But rather than saying, oh, we need to call them in for a meeting. We need to tell them what they're doing wrong. And then I was like, hold up, hold up. Like, first of all, did we do our part as managers, right? Did we, do we, have, we have another tool called the accountability chart. Did we even tell this person what's expected of them? Because if we haven't done that, then shame on us. So let's go there first, right? But once we've outlined those things and we've told this employee what's expected of them, they know what our core values are, then we can hold them accountable. And then we can do a GWC that says, oh man, they, they, were, not, they were not you know meeting the core value of excellence. And this is why. So what is the next step? We go have a discussion with them. Oh, and mind you, quarterly discussions, eh, EOS tool, you know, how to handle, you know, have a meeting with your employees every quarter at a minimum and use your core values and your key roles and responsibilities to frame those discussions. And what you're going to find is you, you have accountability and you never really have these issues, but you always have an outlet to talk about. It's not that you, it's not that you don't have issues, but they know what they're going to have to answer to. So they just, they either raise the bar or they actually end up leaving on their own mm -hmm. once they know what's expected of them, if they know they can't actually do it. Yeah, we've seen that before. Now, one thing as we start to wrap this up, I feel so strongly about EOS that we put this into the Property Management Mastermind Conference for 2021. I have Sue Hawks coming in on Thursday, May 20th at the Grapevine, uh, excuse me, the, the Gaylord Resort at Grapevine, Texas, which is Dallas. She's coming in that morning, Thursday morning day one of the conference for 90 minutes to talk about EOS. And they're going to be talking through some of the tools that Phil and I mentioned. And I feel so strongly about it that I wanted to put her on main stage to give everybody a perspective of EOS in itself, because then we break up into go and go straight into our small group masterminds to be discussed in small groups of 30 to 40 to 50 folks. And that's where some of the ideas may come out of like, okay, here, here's how it works. Here's the best thing about it. Here's how you implement it. You know, use this person to implement it. Those things are going to be flushed out of that. So I want to bring that up. Now, Phil, I want you to you know, tell us more about how to reach you so people can reach out to you and talk further about CFO Mission or even EOS. Yeah, thank you. The really, what was really cool about starting off with Brad and then a few others that, that started with me back in 2019 is that um, I got the chance to just kind of figure out how to set up a business. And really, I put EOS in my own business to help me get structure. So my core focus, as EOS writes it, is to provide a CFO for every small business. And my niche is property management. So that is straight out of EOS VTO wait, right there. Wait, niche or niche? I know, I don't. I like niche. It's uncomfortable. We're, I don't like it. We're going to put it to a vote. Niche or niche? I like niche. Keep going. Okay. So that is, that is actually my purpose, is to provide a CFO for every every small business with a focus on property management and what that has led to again my personal passion is to be the cfo really what we are now is an accounting department so i have staff now and we do a lot of different things but 
We do corporate accounting. So basically think about that as your QuickBooks. We have a standard way of doing business. So you'll be on the NARPM standards right away. If you're not, you'll get my reporting system and you'll get me looking over your financials every month and making sure they're all good and legit. But that's all done by my people. I'm managing my staff. We've got property management accounting now. So we're doing at Folio, propertyware, that kind of stuff. Again, my processes that I've personally developed, I'm not doing it. I have someone in charge of that now, which is awesome. So he's going to be growing that part of the business to allow me to function as the actual CFO to be a consultant. So really, the CFO, you could get all those packages separately together, whatever makes sense. But typically, what's going to happen is we're going to start in one area, get it to a good place, move on to the next. And then if we can talk about EOS as well, if that makes sense for your company. What's really good is if people that are already on EOS, that's awesome because I can come in and give the perspective of, of an outsider to say, hey, do you have any issues just with your EOS processes? Are you following it right? Or I can just step into your finance seat and serve that function. So there, there's a lot of things going on uh, with us. But again, we work in the context of, of EOS as well, which I think is really cool when I have EOS clients. So tell us how to reach you at what website? We've got the CFOmission.com, propertymanagercfo.com. So really that's just an alias for me. And I'll just be honest with everybody and transparent. Marketing is not my thing. So my website isn't the best, but we're working on it. So if you get a message that it's like insecure or something, I promise you it is secure, but just email me, philip with one L at the cfomission.com. And I have started to dabble into Instagram and Facebook. So I have the CFO mission on Facebook, the underscore CFO underscore mission on Instagram. Um, look, I'm a rookie, man. I'm, I'm just hanging out with the best right here. So <laughs> just trying to get some pointers. Well, thanks for coming on, Phil. I appreciate it and look forward to our quarterly meeting tomorrow here in town in San Antonio to talk about RentWorks' goals and look forward to seeing you at the next episode. Thanks for joining. With RentBridge's property management, marketing, and workflow automation tools, take your business to the next step. Reduce overhead costs by up to 60%. Eliminate human error through automation. Make all your processes consistent and predictable. Have transparency and control through detailed and sophisticated reporting. For property managers that want to work smarter, not harder, RentBridge. Call us 972-805-8535 or visit rentbridgegroup.com. This has been a podcast episode by propertymanagementproductions.com. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast, leave us feedback, and come back for our next episode.